Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money. And real estate. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, live at Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. <sighs> live? Live? I was going to come back from the dead just to be with you guys. You know what? That makes us so happy. <laughs> we are with voice actor extraordinaire, Mr. Brian Cummings. <laughs> and I guess Zach's decided he's going to join us. All right. Gotta always talk to Brian. The gang's here, man. This yeah, is awesome. the, the gang is all here. Let's build a fire in the middle of the floor. And we can roast marshmallows. Oh, oh you know, I am, <laughs> man. Roasted marshmallows sound amazing really right cool. now. Captain, can we sing campfire songs? Sure, we can. Sure, we can. <laughs> all those ones that mom said you can't sing that song. <laughs> yeah, love good. it. So, welcome back to Pop Culture Con, oh, no so, longer Comic Con. Yeah, I, yeah. Everybody's changing their name. Just call me Irvin. No, call me Marilyn Manson. No, that's been taken. I'll come up with something else. Charlie. No, no, forget that one, too. (laughs) No, I said, one of the nicest things is what best compliment anybody can pay you is when they invite you back. And so, which, so twice you invited me back. They invited me back. So it's a double win for you. you. Yes. I mean, ours probably means more. Well, of course, they did. (laughs) The con told me that at the end of the interview, you guys are giving me the free Maserati for doing the interview. Uh, Yeah. It's it's in the mail. Cool. Oh, awesome. Carvana will be dropping it off. (laughs) Expect delivery in 30 to 40 years. Okay. One bolt at a time. Yes. (laughs) You can build it on your own. (laughs) So welcome. You know, it's so cool to have you back on. Um, For people who don't know, I mean, how many... Do you even know how many credits you have as a voice actor? No, I prefer cash anyway. But I, no, I, I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I, you know, my career happened over a long period of time. So I, I do cheat like everybody else. So if, if I don't remember it, I go to IMDb, my third cousin, who, who like has all that stuff in print. Every once in a while, I lay mistake something. In which case, I just take credit for it anyway. That's <laughs> so all good. Yeah. So do you? So when you read your IMDb, do you yeah. remember it? And then are you able to? recreate the voice you did 
for whatever it is you didn't remember. Honestly, not always, but a lot of the time. Sometimes there, but I like. All, there are all sorts of people now that social media has grown. There are a couple of people. One of the guys whose podcast I did, who, who has a Saturday morning show, put together a whole montage of cartoon stuff, and he found stuff that I forgot that I did <laughs> that I like to do. We did a, a marsupialami had this little filler thing they put in the middle. They called it the short show, and we did it, but that's not what they called it on the show. But we did, like, I played a villain on The Adventures of Badly Animated Man. And, and Gary Owens played the guy because he had that very stiffened out sort of voice. And so the character was only, you could only see the profile. He couldn't turn, you know, and he could only punch one arm sideways. It was great. And he was the superhero. Was one. We did another one, a fictitious cable network called Spud TV, in which we did all sorts of bizarre kind of potato puns and stuff. I did. We worked with, worked with Joe Piscopo on one. So those are like really small things that nobody finds, but there were little gems out there. I did another one where I was a, an Eskimo pizza delivery guy, who was, and I did deliver the pizza in like 60 minutes or else. It was just dumb stuff that when you let animators and creative people say, we got a minute to fill, let's put something weird, and, and they did. <laughs> I got to respect that. It's cool. So, but that's got to be cool to be know that you're the guy that they can call and say, "We need an Eskimo delivery pizza guy." Yeah, I know the perfect man. Give well, me a second. Yeah, and, and, and I, I recall. Yeah, people love my work. They said Cummings works cheap. Yeah, and he's in the building already. So let's get him because we love him. <laughs> and he's in the building already. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that's good. So, yeah. What's his name, Mister Reliable? Sure, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, wait a minute. I was talking about Jim. Wrong Cummings. <laughs> but he's in the building oh, already. God. We keep getting them mixed up every single I know. time. <laughs> I know. He's the guy from Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I heard I, Cleveland rocks. Uh, <laughs> titles again. Wow. Magic time here. I'm going to tell my lawyer, Bill Shakespeare, who nobody's ever heard of. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he even said, what's in a name? He did. He did. And oddly enough, historically... The only written lang- uh, uh, William Shakespeare stuff that in handwriting is his signature. And he didn't spell his own name the same way twice. Really interesting <laughs> for the genius that he... I mean, I guess he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're relying on the genius of actors and... Man, I don't know. I, but see, like, yeah, my, my parked in my parking spot, so that Shakespeare is not my favorite anymore. You know? <laughs> so there you go. He let the wind out of my career. He's old news. There you go. So, but anyway, so you guys, how many people do you see here? I'm going to interview a little bit you, but Uh, you must have had a whole bunch of great people on your show. Yeah, I don't even, we keep track of it and we'll count at the end. I I don't know. All sorts of famous people. It's like phenomenal to be walking in months. Yeah. I I had an agent that was a a rock and roll booker and I, I went in LA long ago. I went to the Rolling Stones Bridges to Babylon tour. Which is freaking amazing. They had this bridge that went from the stage out to where the like the pitcher's mound would have been, and they crossed over it into their older music, and then came back. And one of my agents like booked them in Chicago, and so I spent seven hundred bucks for my tickets way up in the nosebleed section. And my agent said I didn't pay for my ticket, and I rode in the limo with Keith all the way to the show. <laughs> He's not an agent anymore. <laughs> Nobody likes him. And so there you go. But yeah. So yeah, it's it's been fun. It's busy. Yeah, um, you've been busy as as your voice oh, recovered. Uh, I'm still a little bit strained. I'm a little bit strained, but but it's been a great con. Again, really neat, fascinating people. They put me in a row with a couple of animators. One who I've worked with forever, Greg Guller, who's phenomenal. Not only character design guy, but animator. But then Keith, the Keith, the guy next to him, yeah. actually animated a couple. Of, I never met the guy, but we're like old friends who never met. So he animated Doctor Mindbender and Doofus from Ducktales, among the many other things that he was an animator on. 
So these cons are great because they bring people together who, who get a chance, either don't see each other because we're too busy or didn't meet other people that we actually worked with. That's it, cool. It's, it's kind of like movies now where, you know, you hear actors that are on set together. Oh, yeah. But have never met. And or it's, different times, yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, I guess in the animation world, that's probably very common. It's been going on like that for years a lot of times. It's, sometimes it's because you have to, you know, you have to do it, that. It's a fraternal order. You could tell us. You, you have Friars Roast every other well, week, right? Yeah, 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 sure. We all hang out all the time. <laughs> But, but the other, I, what I love about that, the acting challenge, and it being serious for 30 seconds maybe, <laughs> the acting challenge is being able to have that theater of the mind going on. So if, and on-camera actors don't necessarily experience it in the same way, but typically if you're an on-camera actor and they're shooting you with another actor, they'll get, they'll do three setups. They'll shoot you delivering the lines to the other actor. They'll do the same scene with the other actor delivering the lines for to you, two close-ups, and then they'll do the master shot of both of you together. Right. Because of where the camera is, most of the time when you're talking to the other actor for that shot, close-up shot, you ain't looking at the guy or the young lady, you're looking at the camera. So a theater of the mind means you've got to feel that connection in your brain. That actor's there, even though you're looking at the camera, in order for the scene to work. It's all about communication. It's the, it's so, the, in, it's the inverse of a radio audience. You have, you have to imagine that they're there in order to play off of them correctly. Yeah. Bill, Bill, I can see the dirt underneath your fingernails. Go wash your hands before we continue <laughs> the interview, okay? Yeah. And Mary, you were supposed to wash the dishes, okay? I can even... The kitchen stinks, hon. Go, go throw away the... Re- yeah, okay. See? So you know there's somebody on the other side, okay? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And... <laughs> In the animation world, do they supply you with the look of the character, and then you come up with the voice? Again, that's kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes, again, just with the reality of production, they try to do that. Sometimes the character may not be ready, or the character may undergo changes. But yeah, that can happen a lot. And when I talk to people who want to do this, one of the great ways to start thinking about a character is a character looks uniquely in its own way, and because of your sense memory, because of your experiences, that character picture will give you cues of how you would do the character they may be different than what somebody else would do but it's a place to start instead of just kind of manufacturing some strange voice out of nowhere yeah oh yeah and i I, this might be a weird question but they is there times too where you've gone and voiced a character and then you've gone to see the finished product and it's not you anymore oh oh well a lot of times you know about that i would never actually mention the original aladdin by name at this point because (laughs) i don't want to get in trouble with the studio, which will also be Disney nameless. So, but, but in addition, it was really, and it's one of those things that I think is really cool. I went in and recorded this part that had nothing to do with what the final movie was. He had whole different beats, a different relationship, and they decided that it didn't achieve what they wanted the movie to make. They were very nice about it, but they said, sorry, but we're replacing you. And, and they did, and it worked really well. It was great in the movie. It's not one of those like they got away with something story like I feel terrible and they're bad people. They were doing exactly what creative people need to do and make it work the right way. Right. Within a, within a short period of time afterwards, I was called in and, and they were replacing the stove in Beauty and the Beast. And they were in, their production schedule was tight. So basically they recorded a few of their favorite Disney voices at the time and said, one of you will probably book the session and we're doing the whole part now in the interest of time and we'll pay you all for the recording session and one of you will be the finished voice on the movie. You'll know when it's released. <laughs> so it went from a, oh, disappointment to like the movie came out and I'm like, there I am. <laughs> so it's just, and it's kind of like that. There's, if you go to any movie that's really, really wonderful, 
and look at the list of people it takes to do the movie. And it is a miracle that anything gets made and that magic happens with as many people are as involved. One person messes up and it can affect the whole production. So everybody has to be at the top of their game and the creative people in charge need to exercise their creativity for what's best for the project. And as actors, you know that going in. Same as if not everybody gets the job in the first place, you may not make it to the end, but the fact that you got to do it. The character that I did was totally like uh, two different characters. So he was a parrot in public, he's just squawked, and then he had an accent and a, a slimy kind of spyish relationship with Jafar. They didn't do that, they did a whole different thing. And it was the appropriate decision for the film by people who know more, knew more about it than we did. And that's the way it all, when we talked with animators here earlier, we had a, a panel and we talked about that very thing, how, how the character starts and how the character ends can actually be a very different from time to time. But it's that refining process that makes it magic, makes it work, you know? In a, the recording booth, when you, have you started as a character as one way and then you're like, well, let me try this a different way and you, and you found the voice after doing it a bunch of times? Uh, again, I hope I'm not giving away information, but case in point, uh, uh, on certain, I don't, maybe I shouldn't mention it because I don't want it, but, but a lot of times they will bring in a famous actor to do something, assuming that they'll do one thing and then decide that it doesn't work. It just depends upon the actor, the relationship with the producers, if they think he's in the right area. In one particular famous film, the actor that they wanted to use passed away. They hired a very famous comedian to do the character, and he spent several days coming up with voices, and though they liked them, none was magical, and then he recreated a voice of a character he had done before at a whole different venue, and they fell madly in love with it, and it became a whole franchise, and they did several pictures. It's, it, so it can be a trial and error thing, absolutely. The other famous story about animation is the technique of animation has grown over the years. When the Fleischer brothers did the original Popeye, they animated first and did the voice for it afterwards, and there was a stoic Western actor or heroic actor who they wanted to do a comedic version of him, but he was known for not talking very much. So they animated the cartoon, he did the funny lines, and there weren't enough of them, so it was boring. So Popeye became different because they had already animated and they couldn't afford to reanimate it, so they had Popeye mumbling where his mouth didn't move and wrote comedy that he could mumble, and it worked. And then for the rest of the character's life, they would you'd go back and forth between the spoken lines and the mumbled ones. Later, they added a little kind of a crinkle in the mouth when he mumbled. But that's what saved the project. And in the process, it created a memorable and unusual character that was different than what they originally thought, but morphed into something that was better. And it's, and it's amazing how those on-the-fly scenarios back in the day, like oh, yeah. Ryan and I go through Looney Tunes like candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like the, so the, especially the earlier stuff, um, especially, actually, I'm going to go to the Porky Pig 101 on this one. Yeah, actually, I was going to just mention that, too. Yeah, the, the Porky Pig 101, like, you watch those early stages, like, it's clear that they hadn't fully decided who was going to do the voice, what was exactly yeah. was going to be. Yeah. Like, and that character kind of develops over time, and then they start refining it to animate for that voice. Sure. Oh, sure. Get case well, in point, Mel Blanc coming in yes. and doing the drunken bowl, yes. and then ends up kind of, like, exploding into eventually taking over Porky Pig, but mainly yeah. getting into Bugs Bunny. And, and, and different things. The guy, the last Mickey Mouse, not the previous Mickey Mouse to this guy, was legendary, and had started as a kid working in the sound effects department, and his sense of humor with the character was so loved 
that most of the cast couldn't record with him because they couldn't get through the session. They were breaking up so much <laughs> because of what he imbued with the character. And I, every every actor, even when you change, Jim Henson no longer can do uh, Kermit the Frog. The Kermit the Frog currently is great. He's slightly different. And that's to be expected, again, for a lot of subtle reasons. So characters do morph over a period of time. Even when Walt did the the uh, Mickey, the Mortimer Mouse voices himself, people talked differently. You look at that, old, that early kind of tall stuff, kind of casual, bouncy dialogue. But people didn't speak that way after a while. And so every, everything evolves and everything changes. And we, we live with that. I'm, again, as a, having been on the original DuckTales, there's a new DuckTales and they didn't invite me. But that's as it should be because it's a different show. Yeah. And you, like with James Bond, you look at it as it's its own thing that has, it's based on the original, but it's gone in its own direction. It's grown. And the creativity has to do that, you know? I'm sure we asked you this last time, but uh, forgive me, I can't remember. Um, what is the fa- your most favorite character you've voiced, and what's the one that's meant the most to you? They're like, it's like weird. i got to admit to you that at one point I gathered my kids together individually, and I sat them down and I said, I, I'm going to share with you a secret that you can't tell. And I told each one of my eight children, you're actually my favorite. Okay? So the favorite voice that I've ever done is the most recent one because the adrenaline rush was recent. Okay? Other voices become favorites sometimes in weird ways. Dr. Mindbender was part of a monstrously huge cast, was, was its own kind of genre. And at the time, I liked the show, but I was interested in more comedic stuff at the time. Over time, like a kid who grows up and his potential becomes more fully realized, Mindbenders become one of my favorite characters. So I think it kind of morphs and changes for a lot of ways and a lot of reasons as we change and as society changes. And there's something about a character that you liked when it becomes special to a lot of other people you grow an affection for it too because your relationship with your audience grows as well. Because you understand like what it means to them and then it oh, touches yeah. a part of you. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. And then it becomes more important. And you and, and sometimes even in your performance, in the heat of performing, I've done a job where I went, I nailed it, I kicked its butt, I was perfect. <laughs> and you listen back and you go, that's not so good as I thought it was. <laughs> and vice versa, I'll do it and go, oh, man, what did I miss? And then you listen back and you go, whoa, whoa. Because it's not all about technique. It's also about emotion and about the moment and other stuff. So, yeah, there you go. Is there time, because uh, since you do these conventions, when a fan comes up to you and says, this is my favorite voice you've done and it's totally shocked you, that they came out of the blue, I guess. Sometimes, yeah. And what really shocks me is when someone comes up and says, this is my favorite voice that you've ever done and it's a voice that somebody else did. And they're <laughs> buying a picture and giving you, you know, 50 zillion dollars and you're going, okay, do I tell them or do I take the money and run? And being an honorable guy, I take the money and run. Why destroy their image? <laughs> no, that's not true. That's totally not true. I'd send them to the real guy. I would. <laughs> and, you, and you've kind of run through the gamut and like, you, you, you talked about it earlier, you've built this career over years and you had... You told us last year, but like, tell it for anybody who hasn't heard it before. You, your your voice, your mentor was Dawes Butler. Yeah, Dawes was the king. And which, tell the story about how you how you get in touch with a guy like Dawes Butler, who is a legend within the Hanna Barbera I, world. I so believe, I so believe that things happen. We do stuff and plan stuff, and then it's the old expression: "Life is what happens when you're busy making plans." So I moved to L.A. to study. 
with Mel Blanc, who was in a car accident and he couldn't teach his class. Mm -hmm. I studied with a couple other people and I went to work at a radio syndicator to pay my rent. And one day they were doing a radio serial that Rod Serling hosts, the last show Rod was on, called Zero Hour. And they had this voiceover legend, Dawes Butler, as a guest on the show. As a little kid, I, idol I watched all the Hanna-Barbera shows, so I idolized Dawes Butler, not even knowing his name. And suddenly this guy was there. So after he recorded the show, I kind of went up to him. It was like, yeah, Mr. Mr. And so he kind of interrupted me and he said, well, let me hear what you do. I played a tape for him that was decidedly inferior. And he said a prophetic thing. He said it had some good things in it. The reason that's weird to me is I had interviewed naturalist Yule Gibbons, who, had, who was poetic about the ecology. And he said, most people see a pile of humus. Everybody knows what humus is, right? <laughs> do do. And he would say, I see a pile of humus. Some people just see humus. He said, I see a rose because plants love humus, right? So to me, it was like what he said was there's good things. And I just hit the microphone. Sorry, Mike. Uh, so so the deal was I visualized when he said that here's a bowl of humus with one little piece of prime rib in it. But Dawes was able to see there was promise in what needed to develop, which was a very cool thing. And by dumb luck, totally by fortuitous providence, I became Dawes' first student. But that's not the end of the story, as we talked about yeah. earlier off mic. So we had a great celebration of well-known, successful actors, Will Ryan, Bill Farmer. I know I'll forget some names, Mona Marshall, uh, um, uh, Bart Simpson. Uh, 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 Julie Kavner. Uh, not Ju no, Ju not, no, no. Uh, yeah, Nancy no. Cartwright. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Nancy Cartwright. Nancy, Nancy Cartwright. I apologize. I'm getting old. And wonderful, fabulous Joey Kamen, stand-up comedian, all who studied with us after. Uh, but I was his first student, and I used to, like, flatter myself saying he was my mentor. And he even for, like, a year said I couldn't afford to pay for the classes. So he said, you're on scholarship. And I, at the tribute, I stood up and I said that. It's like Because I felt like he was that kind of a guy. He liked He cared about his people and me so much that he did that. And then Nancy Cartwright got up and about moving to else, she said, and I was broke, so... I was on scholarship. And then Bill came up and said, and then I was, and I just started in, I was on scholarship. And I realized this guy wasn't just a genius, but he was also an amazingly kind man who loved people who wanted to do this. And it, in the end, it didn't take away that feeling of specialness. It made me feel great that he recognized special people and gave that to other people. And it's a cool thing. Awesome. I still learn stuff he taught me way long ago. We do hours on just that alone. And what is the what's the new project you had you just uh, wrapped recently? It was a video so, game, right? Yes, and and again, there are some really great things that happened by surprise. So I have I moved out of L.A. and I live here now, and uh, and I have an L.A. agent, which is technically my primary agent, and my agent here, who's a marvelous agent, but are, is secondary in line because of the contractual stuff, and I get stuff to read for both of them, and they're both marvelous agents, and. My L.A. agent was a little chagrined because I was I auditioned for and booked a promo to introduce a brand new video game in 2018 called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And and uh, and my kids are gamers. I'm a voice guy. I've worked on games. I worked, did Metal Gear Solid, um, did, did a lot of stuff, did one where I was a zombie, where there was a chainsaw going through my back. It was so much fun. <laughs> and and, and uh, so I did the promo and I was happy to have done the promo kind of thought it was weird my LA agent didn't get the deal but I, I accepted and I called him and said sorry guys but they beat you to it then about eight months later I got the call from my Denver agent say 
you know what happened? I got a surprise. You booked the game. They liked the performance. So I was totally excited. Uh, there was even a, a litany of things that happened. They are very particular about what they do. They only record on one particular microphone, which is about a $4,000 classic microphone. And I got pro mics that are great mics, but that's what they wanted. I did not have that microphone, but I happened to be going on a trip to the coast, so I ended up recording at a great studio in San Francisco. But after the session, rather than take the profit and just party and have a good time, I took the money and I bought the microphone. Because if they like me once, they might like me again. Unbeknownst to me, I found out that the, the uh, Souls game series, the Japanese Souls games, have an amazing following, and this is among the hottest new game releases. But I couldn't talk about it till the end of March because of non-disclosure, and they wanted to make a, a big debut. And I understand that they sold millions of copies almost immediately, and the fans are really pleased with it. And it was very exciting for me because it, it's more into the video game area, which is moving me into a new direction, and that's always exciting. New learning, new stuff to learn, new people to work with. So I'm very pleased. I can't tell you details about the game, but guess what? I'm not a gamer, so I can tell you about the voice, but I don't know. The, those games are notorious because they're for hardcore gamers. Yeah. Because they're very difficult yes. and very mature. Yes. And uh, th that game was, uh, you knew it was coming out. You saw screenshots of it. Yeah. You knew it was difficult, but you're right. They're, whether they're doing a Souls game or they also did uh, Bloodborne. Okay. Oh, yeah. When they are very, they hold it to their chest. Yeah, and they want people to discover the game. Yeah. They don't make uh, like what we'd call a walkthrough. You yeah. need to figure out how to get through this game, and yeah. they're I, intense. I, I, my, my kid was sharing me that the creator basically says that I'm not a storyteller. The game tells the story, and that's what people like about it. No, nothing's no hand holding here. This is all about getting in the in the uh, trenches and making it happen. And one of my kids actually said these games are virtually unbeatable. And then he texted me last week and said. I can't believe it. I beat the game. And, Dad, I saved your life. So, well, thank yeah, you. It, it, thank it's, you very much. Because uh, I play those games, and they're, they're games that they don't give you a path. Yeah. You usually are dropped in a city, some fantasy world, <laughs> and they're like, well, figure it out. Do it. And yeah. you, you might run into the most difficult monster to fight and right away. And then you got to run through the city and figure out how you're going to get yeah. Yeah. get rid of them. Uh, both, both my kids take keep tablets next to the next to their computers or gaming consoles and take notes and stuff so i find it really interesting and exciting not being a gamer that the infectious excitement even has affected me that for this whole thing so that's cool that's cool. that's definitely a one of the biggest games have just come awesome. out and, and all i in all i'd say in all humility but you know something we're only we'd all be so human because we we entertain people so you sometimes you get carried away with yourself I slap myself, and later I suck up to myself and make myself feel better. <laughs> but, you know, but so, so there were actually posts where people said, we like playing these games in J Japanese with the subtitles, and there were people who posted and said, but we like the voiceover in this game a lot, so we're watching it and playing the game with the English now. And I'm going, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, and I'm sure it's great either way if you're a gamer, but it's nice to be appreciated as well as get a chance, just to get a chance to do this. When it all comes down to... No matter how long we get to talk, the fact that we get to do this is in itself payment. It's like the best thing in the world. Other, I know I used to joke about the hardest part about my job is acting, because at home I have to go home and act like I really work for a living. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So that that's it. You and, had that crisis of in your in your mind, where you're just like, why are they paying me to do this? Is oh man. Well, I try not to say that. 
I don't publicly say, why did they pay me to do this? Because <laughs> it might impede my agent's ability to negotiate. You yeah, know, to book things. So no, someday I would like to say, hi, this is Brian Cummings, and I died last week, but I heard about this new project, and I was so excited, I came back to do the game. <laughs> yeah. Cool. As always, sir, thank you for being on our show. Oh, it's a hoot. Nicest compliment anybody can ever pay you is to, is to invite you back. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you so much. Um, can we, uh, I guess, uh, website where we can find you online if people okay, want to contact I have you? two addresses. It's either, and, and not be, again, not because of ego, but because there's a British actor who has the same name. Lousy, rotten scum whose mother is evil. <laughs> There's a Brian Cummings uh, in England. I'm sure he's a very talented guy. Fight, fight, so, fight, fight, yeah, fight, yeah, fight. Yeah. I'll hit you. I'll shit you. Yeah, so we hard. beat you in 1776. I, we'll do it again. I got a cricket bat, and you don't want to know what I'm going to aim. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, but so so it's the T H E Brian Cummings dot com, or even more confusing, not versatility, but voiceatility dot com, and they'll get to the same website. I have sections of the website i have one for music we do some rock and roll we're doing a, a fan con album i'll probably bring it to you when we're done yeah uh and we uh, and also another side that's classes and appearances so i like to teach my craft but i also love to come to cons so there's a bunch of crazy stuff it's designed not to be clean and designed perfect so that like suddenly you see everything in 10 minutes go on but it's also designed like I spent 10 minutes. I got other stuff to do. I'll come back later. We like people to revisit. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, guys, this is something nobody else has done. We're pausing for an audio selfie. Posing right now. Ready? <sighs> cool. I, I, think, I think we felt it. They, they got it in their, yeah, their minds. Yeah, I, I think I blinked. But, but hopefully, That's okay. I'll understand. Good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I transformed into something else in the middle of the photo. Ooh. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even in the photo. Yeah, they changed, not, no, you you changed, disappeared. I disappeared. You changed your name to Berenstain, and she, it's a Berenstain bear. They're not wearing any clothes under that fur. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll get into that whole debate. Is it Berenstain or Berenstein? I know. I, I talked to Jan Berenstain, and I'm pretty sure it's Berenstein. No, I'm in Berenstain. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Have a wonderful day. This has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.